the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Actually, it's good to be back. I have been watching what's going on. It's very fascinating. The S&P 500. Um, probably not the best indicator to look at, but it's a very good one. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Anyway, the volatility has been uh, pretty intense. Not unusual, though. You know, that that's one of the things that I, I keep talking to people about. I get uh, some people who call in who haven't called for a while and I haven't talked to for a while, and they'll go, well, your phone must be blowing up. And, and actually... Not so much, especially this time. I guess people have been listening long enough and have gone through enough stuff to uh, just kind of relax. You know, that's, that's, that's a good place to be. If you're not at that place, give me a call. Yeah, it's getting kind of slow. <laughs> it's actually, it's literally getting kind of slow in my office. I'm surprised. It's, uh, it's amazing. If you look at where the S&P was, you go back to uh, 2018, at the beginning of 2018. So you're, you know, coming up on two years here and the market's actually the same as it was at during that time period. So, and in between those times, it was down oh, almost 20%. Actually, it was down 20% from its peak because it made a new high in 2018. You had a little sell off in the first quarter of 2018. It climbs back up, goes to a little new high. Then comes down really fast, a little bit over 20%. And recently it took out those old highs and then it pulled back again. And you know why it does that? Because they're stocks. <laughs> People hate when I say that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try to refrain from, from doing that <laughs> in the future. But, uh, but it, it, it's the truth. I mean, when you look at how much has changed in the past month, not much. I mean, in the month. Nothing. <laughs> There's been nothing. This, this soccer trade war has been going on forever. This, this is nothing new. Yeah. In fact, you know, we're going to be doing a seminar on that. How might that affect your investments? And uh, ultimately, what happens with most trade wars is the consumer gets to foot the bill. That's what happens. Inflation is the result of a trade war. And we'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later in today's show. But if you did want to sign up, by the way, we're having a workshop, a seminar, and it's coming up pretty quickly. In fact, I have to uh, look it up because I don't memorize the dates of my workshops. And I'm going to go right to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. 
And you type that in there. You go click on it. It says seminars. Click on there. And we're going to be doing the, uh, uh, oh, by the way, I just had uh, Melissa, poor thing. She's on trying to enjoy her weekend. And I'm texting her saying, hey, you forgot to put the uh, the address on the <laughs> on there. So she had to go in and alter that while uh, right before the radio show. So anyway, so uh, trade disputes and how they may affect, how that may affect your investments. Um, trade disputes are really a harbor for inflation. That's the end of the, uh, um, not the end, That that's the vast majority of the reaction to a trade war is going to be uh, higher inflation. And what does that mean? Well, it means your dollars buy less. You know, that's what it really means. Think about this for a second. If we put taxes on a foreign good that are coming into the United States, you think the, the foreign companies are going to pay that? You think they'll take that on the chin? They, uh, they're not going to do that. They're going to let the consumer pay for it. They're going to get upset because we're taxing their stuff and it makes it less competitive. But bottom line is it's a consumer that ends up paying. And, uh, <laughs> when they, when they change their exchange rates, I'm going to give you a couple of examples at the seminar. And by the way, the seminar, it is September 12th. That is a, let me see. I think it is. And you know what? This is, this is really killing me now because the, uh, the actual date's not up there. Yes, yes, it is. It's to the side. It's not on the, uh, so, phew, I was uh, panicked for a second there. Anyway, September 12th, that's a Thursday. Uh, there's no cost, and I'm going to give you a couple of examples. By the way, the calculators that didn't come in for the last seminar, they're here now, and then but they did come in for the last seminar. I take that back. They didn't come in for the one before that, and then I forgot them. <laughs> So I still have them. I'm going to give you that, a little calculator. We'll we'll go over the 60-second uh, test again very quickly because that one don't, really doesn't need that much work. Um, but if you don't know what that is, it's how to tell whether a stock is potentially undervalued or overvalued in, in 60 seconds or less. And uh, we'll talk about trade disputes, how that can affect your investments, what may you uh, want to start doing about that now, and, you know, even though that the uh, interest rates have, have come way back down and see this, this is a, this is a key. We're going to be making an adjustment somewhere in the next four to six months in the portfolios that I manage. We're going to be shortening up the maturities on the uh, bond funds that we have. And that's the, uh, it doesn't have to be done tomorrow, but somewhere over the next few months, you're probably going to want to have shorter maturities. What kinds of securities, what kinds of investments should you be looking at? We're going to talk about all that stuff coming up here, September 12th. And I'll have uh, very specific examples of what kind of stuff has held up the best in the past, You know, whenever we've had a situation like this. Because this is not the first time interest rates have been this low. Um, it's the first time they've been this low with GDP growth as fast as it is. Normally, when uh, GDP growth is you know three percent or better, uh, interest rates are typically around four and a half or five. Uh, so, when they say it's different this time, it's different this time. <laughs> and interest rates are nowhere near as high as they usually are when you've had an economy that's you know worldwide that's going this good. Everybody keeps waiting for that other shoe to drop. I, I got news for you: professional economists, people with PhDs, have correctly 
predicted 24 of the last three recessions. <laughs> I gave you a second to think about that. <laughs> if you always say there's going to be a recession, eventually you're going to be right. Now, it's like a broken clock. It's right twice a day. And it doesn't have to do anything to be right twice a day. And if somebody said, hey, hey, you, these guys are right twice a day. And if you, uh, if you listen to that and you listen to the tone of voice, you would think that that was actually meaningful. Yeah. Right before you realize that there are 24 hours in a day. <laughs> and, and they stop and they start over at 12. So it's, it's not that significant. That's another thing. I keep hearing about this inverted yield curve. You know what? If you go back to look at every time the yield curve was inverted, it's not all that significant. It's not. It doesn't have a 70% uh, correlation. Yeah, in fact, I'm not even sure what it is anymore. I did look it up and I forgot. But uh, it was not really statistically significant. And it's not just the fact that those things are happening. It's why they're happening that really matters in the long run. And what do we have today? We've got a strong economy. The economy worldwide, it's, it's a little weaker than we would like it. I mean, everybody would like to see better growth. It's just one of those things you really like. But the growth rate's okay. You don't have a, uh, you don't have any of the big drivers of the worldwide economy that are in negative territory. That's a good thing. In fact, at some point in time, you know, I, and I can tell you one of the reasons that, uh, United States bonds have gone up so much is that in some countries, they're literally charging you to hold on to your money for you. They're not paying you interest on that. You have to pay them. You have to pay them to keep your money safe. You think about it, that actually makes sense if you can't make any money lending money because your interest rates are so low and you want to keep your money safe. You may end up having to pay somebody to keep your money safe for you. If, if I, I wonder if that's ever going to happen in the United States. I never like to say never. You know, is it likely? Probably not, but you know it could. It could happen. I don't. I don't think it's a huge. Uh, you never know. I mean, there are several countries around the world. I never thought you'd see people paying a bank to hang on to their money. Yes. Let me give you $10,000 so that I can get uh, $9,970 10 years from now. You know, that, <laughs> and that's essentially what's happening in, in a lot of countries around the world. I mean, it's, you know, we look at it, go, wow, that's crazy. I'll tell you what was really crazy. And I, I was born in the wrong time. Crazy is when you could get an 18% money market. <laughs> that was crazy. You get a, a, treasury bill a zero coupon treasury that would guarantee but from the united states government who has the ability to tax by the way yeah you get a guarantee that you put a thousand dollars in a bond and they'll give you two thousand dollars in five years think about that first that's crazy that is super crazy by the way that's a lot that a lot more damaging to you to you financially because the only reason that they would pay that much interest is that the inflation rate, it was in the low teens back then. So prices were going up. And people, oh, that's not, I don't have to spend the money. Really? You're not going to eat? You're not going to eat. Because if prices has gone up, it's too expensive to eat. Give me a break. You're going to eat. You're going to drive your car in America, especially because we're spread out. It's not like Europe. It's not like China. 
Yeah, people here live far apart from one another <laughs> and their jobs and the grocery store. Okay, so you're going to drive a car and you're going to pay more in gas. And that kind of stuff is, it's just as bad as having your money go down in value. It's just as bad. So if you've got a 13% inflation rate and you have to pay taxes and you're only making 15% on the investment, you're negative. You're negative. Okay. So these negative interest rates around the world, they're not quite as negative as people were by buying those 15% <laughs> guaranteed government bonds. That is the, uh, that blows my mind. Anyway, I got to take a real quick phone call. Feel free to call us 216-901-0945. And John, you have a uh, question or comment? Good morning. Good morning. Good hey. morning. Hey, I think all dust up and no place to go. And I think the uncertainty is the worst enemy. What is happening They recycle NAFTA? Are they waiting for the astrologer to come and get these things signed up, or what is it? Uh, you got me. <laughs> the supply chain is not just UPS alone. Right. They got the best tools in the world. UPS is not a brown truck. They probably have <laughs> the best supply chain in the world now. And, of course, people don't appreciate it. I don't know where it's now. Well, they don't know about it because they're behind the scenes. Uh, I mean, they always say learning curve and the ahead of the curve. Why are the curveballs? Maybe they're going in circles, inventing the wheel. How is that? Yep. That sounds like it's that. Uh, because just sounds... in time, years ago, when we tried to get the behind the just-in-time thing, mm-hmm. for want of a nail, we lost the whole thing in the auto industry in Canada, right? And shut up everything in Dayton and here and all over. Right. I don't know what's going on. Some of these people, they're shell game, and uh, it's, it's sad. Well, you're uh, in good I'm, company because I'm pretty sure nobody else knows what's going on either. <laughs> I mean, the, the Congress is, when you hear these hearings, I, I think we have to change a new expression. Nothing to do with the high beam and deer. At least deer is, you know, you can eat afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and this is sad because I've been watching C-SPAN for 29 years or 30 years almost. Yeah. Minimum. Wow. And, this is and, and you sad. haven't shot yourself yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in 1979, I think, and I started watching in 1980. And uh, that's my first baby every morning and, and whatever night. Yeah. And, of course, yesterday they were talking about all the robocalls. And I, I, you know what? I stopped watching the news. I, 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 mean, I, I literally stopped news. watching. I, no, I, see, after all, the dictionary has the word called governance. And, of course, that's being, if you put Google, the meaning of the word governance, it'll say anything other than Congress. How is that? Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Ahead, founding fathers. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I think supply chain is going to be all messed up now. And, of course, Santa Claus has come slowly, thanks to tariff, he's going to be paid by us eventually. Then they finally oh, yeah. said, okay, we'll claw back on at least, oh, no more duty for $300 billion, and Santa Claus comes on December 15th, right? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, you know, capital is the best thing. We can't even handle it anymore. Yeah. It's sad. Oop. Hey, John, i got to take a real quick commercial break. Bye-bye. Hey, Bye. thanks for calling. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. This is where I say I don't need to have control. This is where I admit. like these 
And we're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. You can also find this as a podcast on 955thefish.com. You can go to my website, Bullington Capital, which is under reconstruction. You're going to see that that works a whole lot better. I found out recently that we were not receiving a lot of our emails. Uh, boy, is that upsetting. Uh, so um, took some action, got a, another programmer, and uh, we're fixing that problem. <laughs> That is the uh, that is not acceptable. So if you have inquired through the website, I apologize if we have not uh, been getting back to you. Uh, but we're we're gonna fix that lickety split. Uh, I think it's gonna be at about three weeks. So the sign up portion of it that works when you sign up for our workshop. That works. It works actually. It's one of the better functioning parts of the website. So if you want to come to that workshop, I think this is a really good time. I think it's really important that people are paying really close attention right now. Um, I'm, you know, the lookout for the bull website. I keep talking about it. It, it's getting closer. I think it's, uh, a great educational tool that we're going to be talking about and utilizing, uh, going forward. I've got the, uh, actually I ran some scans and, uh, I'm even going to talk about this in the last 15 minutes of the show today. So if you're, uh, uh, if you're around, you probably want to, catch that part. Uh, I think it's, it's very good. The market is much stronger than it appears. The S and P 500s bouncing around a lot. And see, that's one of the problems with that. When you've got, when the top 50 stocks make up half of the index and there are 500 stocks in the index, that's just that one index. When the top 50 stocks are half, you're not getting an accurate picture of what the actual stock market is doing. It's not accurate at all. And so if you want more accuracy, I'm going to show you a couple of the scans that I run on a daily basis. I only look, it only takes a few minutes to look at it and you can get a pretty good idea for how weak or how strong the stock market is. It's a, uh, it's very helpful. Um, well, actually it's very helpful psychologically because intellectually I'm telling you that those things can change direction in a day. And the market can be going, it can be in a well-established downward trend and then it can turn around and everything starts running in a day. <laughs> so it, it basically, I mean, it gives you an idea. The way that I use it is I look and I go, well, you know what? If I'm going to be buying and the market doesn't seem to be that strong, it's just not that strong. Um, I'm probably going to buy a smaller amount than I would normally buy. That's what I do. And that's with the individual stocks. And, uh, and I get people incidentally that want me to manage their money this way. I can't do that. I can show you how to do it and I can tell you what I'm doing. I can show you what I'm doing, but I can't because, uh, logistically it's just impossible anymore. I have too many clients to be able to do that. And I'm going to tell you, um, it's fast. So if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't have a lot of time, this is probably not something that you should probably be doing. If you just really like it, that's why you should do it because I'm telling you something else today. Every strategy that is out there has been knocked off by a fund in one form or another. So if you can think of a strategy, if you like momentum, there are a ton of momentum ETFs out there now. And you know what? A lot of them are pretty good. I use them. I only do the individual stocks thing because I really like doing the stocks. I really like it. I enjoy it. It's a, it's a hobby and it's one, but the hot, this hobby has the potential to make you money. 
how many hobbies do you have? You know, I also like to, to shoot pistols, you know, and that probably scares people when you sit, when I say something like that. But the reason that I, I decided to learn how to do that was so that I wouldn't get hurt if I ever, you know, if I ever found a gun. I didn't want to blow my head off. <laughs> so I took the classes, you know, so gun safety. And, uh, that's, that's, I think that's important. Um, but anyway, and, uh, in fact, I don't even, I, I think I, I bought five, five firearms and I gave them to one of my best friends, uh, because he keeps them for me. And, uh, if I ever want to shoot, uh, he's there. And, uh, in the meantime, you know, he, they're his, those are his, but he'll, he'll bring them and we'll go shoot. So actually we shoot in the basement of that building that looks like a castle, uh, downtown, the Cleveland Gray's Armory. It is kind of a castle. It was like a castle. They, uh, uh, it was a fort at one point in time. So I think it's really cool that it's still there. Anyway, we'll talk more about that on a future show, but I got to go right to the phones right now. If you'd like to call 216-901-0945 and I go right to Jimmy. Jimmy, you have a question or comment? Uh, yeah, Bill. See, uh, I was reading an article a while back about uh, passive investing in computerized trading. Yeah. And I'm told that makes up the majority of the activity in the stock market these days. It's about half. So, yeah, my question is, you know, we're just along for the ride. You know, us individual investors, we are on whatever train they decide to go on. Yeah, uh, there's still a a lot of active management going on, and uh, it's about half. You know, which is big. I mean, that that's astronomical when you think of, you know, 15 years ago it was zero. <laughs> to actually take up half, to have half of the market share of a market of that size over that short of a time period is unbelievable. And it's a, um, it has a lot of impact. I mean, a tremendous amount of impact. It's changed the way that stocks move. It has literally changed the way they move. Uh, they go faster up and down. The, the annual ranges are not all that much different from top to bottom. It's not that much different, but how many times they will actually go gyrate within that range. That's different. That's a lot different. So yeah, it's made it, uh, it made, it's made certain things not as effective as they used to be. And then it's made some other things more effective than they used to be. So if you're not paying attention to it, like like I do, um, you wouldn't know that, and it would ke- it'd keep catching you by surprise. You don't want to be doing the same things that worked ten years ago because they're not gonna. Well, you can do you can do it. It just won't be as uh, productive as it has been in the past. So, and by the way, you don't you don't learn that stuff. That's not something that you predict that is going to happen. That's something that you learn by watching and and observing the developments, which means you're. By the time it becomes clear to you, it's already going to have taken place and it's not too late to adjust, but you're not going to adjust before the market actually starts doing something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Now, given the fact that we're uh, going to be entering, we already have entered a pretty low interest rate environment. I mean, the stock market seems to be like the only game in town if you want to, you know, have any earnings or growth. That's my thought. You know, you just read my mind. I just, where are you going to go? What are you going to yeah, do? I mean, that's why, you know, I don't see it really. I could see some minor corrections here and there, but, you know, I don't see any major drops on the offing. I mean, because, we like I said, where are people going to make money? Yep. 
And so here's what I, I don't know that anybody can, uh, I, I can't for sure predict. And, and I've never seen a professional that made their living by predicting the short-term direction of the stock market. I don't think it's necessary. I look at the valuations. Valuations on stocks are very good. I was looking at the earnings yield. And, you know, the earnings yield is almost exactly at its long-term average over the past 25 years or so right now. Even, even with companies like Google and companies like Netflix and Facebook who are selling at valuations that are really, really high, uh, they, if you take the averages, there are a lot of stocks that are selling below their averages. So if you take an average across the board, it's right where it's supposed to be. And that's a really good place to be. It means you're not overpaying. So if you're, if you're investing in stocks now, you're not overpaying. You look at the long-term returns on stocks relative to inflation, relative to bonds, relative to gold. Stocks are the clear winner. So I'm right with you. I, you know, I'm like, yeah, you should be looking at this. And um, how you're going to invest, that's the, the key. Because I was just talking about some of those momentum funds. You would not want to be investing in a momentum fund if you're in your 80s. <laughs> that's just not something you'd want to do. You'd want to look at those companies that have... Uh, are paying dividends that are actually earning more than the dividend that they're paying. And there are companies out there that put together funds that are doing that. So that's what I meant by in some ways it's a little easier and it's more effective than it was in the past. Cause if you can think of a pretty good idea, somebody's already doing it. Now they're also doing a bunch of bad ideas like, uh, the pot stocks. Those pot stocks are way ahead of themselves. It's just like the internet stocks were in the late nineties and we all know how that ended. <laughs> yeah. And and some of those companies, you know, like Amazon, uh, they, they survived that period and then and Google, Apple, they survived, but you know, Intel, Microsoft, their stocks went way, way, way down and took an enormous amount of time to recover. So that's the biggest risk that I see is people are investing in uh, funds that have those stocks as major holdings, that's going to be disappointing. And they're probably disappointed if they look out over the past five or six years because those stocks have actually done better than a lot of the stocks that were more undervalued. But I, I'm here to tell you that will not stay that way forever. Eventually, you know, value does matter. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. You know, value, value is where it's at for the long term. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and if I were All right, Bill, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for calling. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Take care. You too. Great call. That guy's uh, name was Jimmy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, oh, this is interesting. I, this just came up. I'm going through this scan. I'm looking at stocks with short-term upward trends. <laughs> you want to talk about crazy in one day. This stock called Purple. You know, Purple makes a mattress. You see them on television uh, or all over the Internet, the Purple mattresses. One day, the stock's range was $11.04, and its low was $7.56. Are you kidding me? That is unbelievable. This is the one of the risks of investing in, in super small companies. This stock just came public not that long ago. And uh, they make a mattress. You, you see the uh, uh, ads on television all the time. Uh, it's kind of a, uh, it's interesting. Just look at it. Go to, go to their website. Anyway, the, the symbol is PRPL. Closed at $7.32 yesterday. Um, and it this is not one that came up in my normal scans because that wouldn't. 
but I'm looking at the price to sales ratio. If that's right, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check. It's 0.17. Uh, that's really, really, really low. The, uh, uh, that's amazing. But the thing that's, that stuck out about this and it just shocked me actually was that one day range. I mean, you're talking about 40% in a day. <laughs> And from the the closing price from the day before, I mean that is just nuts. Hang on a second, let me pull that up. That is hilarious. So it closes. Let's see what did it close at? Open oh, loan. Okay, eight thirteen. Looks like the uh, closed at six dollars and fifty four cents on the thirteenth of August. So six dollars. One more time. 813, no, yes. Hmm. Looks like opening price. Oh, this is hard. $6, right around $6.50. Okay, just call it six fifty. The next day it opens at $8.32. Okay, so that's like going from 65 to 83. That's like going from 65 to 83 overnight <laughs> then it goes all the way up to 11 so let's let's put some other zeros behind this so that's like going from 65,000 to 83,000 the next morning when it opens then it goes up to 11,000 then it comes all the way down to 75,000 that is nuts yeah anyway that is funny. Um, I really like the company. I haven't, uh, I, I, you know, I, I did. I purchased one of their products. They had a, uh, I think it was a seating product. It was for my, uh, one of my office chairs. And, uh, haven't bought one of the mattresses, but, uh, I'm gonna have to look into that. That is hilarious. It only came up on my scan because the range was so big for that day. Uh, and that's, I, I'll have a tendency to take a look at those things. Very counterintuitive for a lot of people. Uh, if you're looking at individual stock portfolios, and one of the reasons I, I think it's a good idea to learn uh, momentum investing. Value investing, by the way, I have mutual funds for that. I, well, not mutual funds, exchange-traded funds. I, I, I rarely use a mutual fund anymore. Um, lots of reasons for that. We'll get into that at that seminar uh, that's actually coming up. Seminar is September 12th. That's a Thursday night. We're going to talk about a lot of different things there. Trade disputes is the main thing. But I've got some I've got some very pleasant surprises for everybody there. Uh, one of them is about taxes, and particularly when I'm talking about momentum investing, the taxes and, and keeping track of all those transactions with a typical momentum portfolio is really a bear. I mean, you've got all these transactions going through when you're doing that. Those are very active strategies, and uh, if you're doing it inside of a an exchange traded fund. Do you know that most of them convert those short-term gains into long-term capital gains and you don't have any reporting? How crazy is that? By the way, I have to give this disclaimer. Every time I talk about taxes, I'm not a tax preparer. I have a, a, uh, a tax, a, I have a tax professional on retainer who will answer any tax questions my clients have. So, uh, and I'm just telling you, uh, Whenever I talk about taxes, I have to always give this disclaimer. I'm not a licensed tax preparer, so you can't take what I'm saying uh, as gospel. You have to go find and talk to a real tax professional to verify anything that I might say 
because I have been known to be wrong before and any being honest, everybody's wrong sooner or later because there's just too much stuff to keep up with. That, that's the other thing that kills me is today, you know, you almost have to be a specialist in health insurance and I got a really good one. I'm going to try to get him on the show. The, uh, he's a, uh, this guy's really, really good. Medicare, uh, understands that stuff inside and out, you know, personal health insurance, you need, you know, you're dropping coverage or you're changing jobs. You need to make sure you stay covered. Uh, these guys, Packard insurance are right in, uh, actually in, um, my mind is going on me. They're, they're only like five miles from me, Richfield. <laughs> they're in Richfield. He's in Richfield, Ohio. So, uh, I have estate planning attorneys. You, you need to protect your assets. Uh, Ken Leno, it's a great one. The, uh, he's a uh, really good guy. Uh, if you're looking at, um, actually, I'm, I'm interviewing people to try to get him to come on my radio show for protecting yourself against medical expenses. That's a huge expense in retirement. So, and if something happens, you know, you can end up losing a lot of money that way. Anyway, uh, so I, we have a network of people that we work with. That's another thing I'd like to address really quickly here. People think that we're a small firm. Bullington Capital is, is small. The firms that we deal with, Fidelity and E-Trade, they're huge. And they have a team of people. We have a team of people assigned to us at each one of those firms. The big advantage to this is, first of all, we have a team of people assigned to us at each one of those firms. When I worked for the big firm, they gave me one person, one, and she had to do everything. The uh, And I wasn't the only person that she had to work for. So that was rough. <laughs> I get a lot more support now than I did then. And now here I got to take a, a real quick commercial break. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Filled with his praises One day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin He dwelt among men Example is he. And we are back. Only got a few minutes left. I'd like to call us four four zero. I forget. My, my mind went blank. Nine zero one. What what are the rest of the numbers? Oh nine four five. Yeah. Okay. Two one six nine zero one oh nine four five. They're right in front of me too. Yeah. That's what you get for getting old. Anyway, uh, gonna go to the phones. Jerry, how you doing, Jerry? Ah, good. Good morning, Professor. Uh, first, kudos on your music selection. Oh, I think it's great. Thanks. I like it, okay. too. Okay. Secondly, I would like to ask you, uh, Bill, is there at this point a preeminent uh, determinant on the market, what's going on? I'm talking about the Chai Coms, what's going on in Korea. Not uh, really. Hong Kong. Does it all have a cumulative effect? It seems like we got really, hit really, really hard last week, and then it, you know, kind of stumbled back. But 
is this just, do you think it might just be the August uh, blues? Or yeah. You think we're, yeah, August okay. is actually the worst performing month in the stock market. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Yeah. People think it's October because they remember, you know, 1987. But you know what, though? The millennials, they weren't, they weren't born yet. So they don't know. <laughs> I don't think either you or I were born then either, though. In 87? Oh, I'm talking about October 1929. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I wasn't born then either. But uh, <laughs> we had heard about that from our grandparents and our parents. You got it. Yeah, so. You got it. Yep. But what the, you, what, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's, yeah, the cyclical nature is not, it's not all that cyclical. Um, it'll change. You know, it's, it's constantly changing. That's the one thing that I, I find that is constant in the stock market is change. A lot of things that worked 10 years ago are nowhere near as effective as they used to be. It's, it's not even close. But then a lot of other things have become more effective. So that's one of the reasons you want to kind of stay tuned and pay attention because it can make a big difference. And uh, it is pretty difficult. It's pretty painful, by the way, when you go through the periods where something stops working because everything has a period where it's going to underperform from time to time. Nothing outperforms all the time. But you never mm-hmm. you never really know, is, is this just a cycle or is this uh, have things really changed? And I think uh, it's, it's pretty evident to me anyway that, that markets have changed. They don't move the same way they did 10 years ago. Uh, I attribute most of that to the growth in exchange traded funds, which are all run by computer algorithms. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. Uh, it's actually made the more traditional style of, you know, buy some small cap, mid cap, large cap, internet and merger market. It's made that work actually. It works better than it used to. And, uh, yep. s- some of the momentum stuff actually, if you make it an adjustment, I'm going to show this at the seminar. If you adjust, it's actually working better than it used to. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a lot when faster. Is when is the seminar, Bill? Um, hang on a second. I think it's September twelfth. Yes, September, September twelfth. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be six thirty. Same same place. Uh, corporate college, and uh, it's funny because I I put that up and I forgot to put the uh, address on it. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you what do you make of the uh, conundrum in Hong Kong? Are the chai comps going to get heavy, or are they going to let this thing? Uh, I out? don't know, man. I, you know, see, here's the thing about China. Um, China has China their livable land area, the area that can be inhabited, can, that they can build on, is the same as the livable land in the United States. They have one point three billion people. We we've got three hundred thirty million. Okay, so you multiply our population by four. Imagine the number of problems you would have. And think about that. If there were four times as many people. Okay. And let's say the, the amount of problems actually didn't increase. They just, they decreased as a percentage of the population by one third. We would still have three times the number of crimes going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be, uh, it'd be crazy. So I'm amazed that China works as well as it does at all. And the reason that we work as well as we do it, I think it keeps coming back to that we have a, fractional reserve banking system that's been tested throughout the last couple hundred years or so. And they are continually learning and continually uh, improving. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, we're the world's largest economy. We're only 5% of the population. Mm -hmm. It's our banking system. 
Do you do you agree that uh, should the uh, Chai Toms take over Hong Kong or what? I militarize it that it would be the end of uh, you know the uh, the uh, how what's the correct word a good time in the world's economy it would be devastating, wouldn't it? I don't have enough knowledge or enough information to have an informed opinion. I had I had heard that uh, almost 30% of China's wealth was funneled through Hong Kong, through the, you know, through the banking and financial sector, so forth and so on. It seems like an inordinately a large amount, but, I mean, it very well could be. Well, and I can tell you that uh, the only thing I really know about this, every time somebody brings this up, the HSBC, do you know what that stands for, that big bank? Uh, please, please refresh my memory. I have heard it, yes. It's Hong Kong Shanghai Banking Corporation. And it was started in the 1830s by some Englishmen. The Englishmen Uh were there to escape the taxes of England. (laughs) In other words, none of this is new. (laughs) None of this is new. It, but it, China's muscling them out is certainly right. New. They're trying to, and and I'm not. I, I you know, do I think that there's some risk there? Yeah, I think a lot of those con- uh, a lot of those companies like HSBC that were founded there because you know it was an independent province and they could basically uh, had freedom from being taxed or overly regulated. Well, they'll just have to find a new place to do that, and there are plenty of places around the world that can ha- that can happen. That will that slow things down? Yep. Because they're going to have to move. I mean, they would have to move. They'd literally have to yeah, leave the country. Yeah. So that could slow slow things down. That could slow the entire world economy down, but it's not like it's going to stay down. Okay. One last question. Uh, gold's been on the move lately. Uh, have the gold stocks done better, or is gold itself? You know what was really wild? The gold stocks moved about two and a half weeks ago. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They were all moving about two and a half, two and a half weeks ago, and then then gold starts to take off. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, okay. That that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm always looking at the individual stocks because they will often foretell what's going to go on in the larger market at some point in time, and uh, okay. not always. And nothing's perfect, but you know it was an assumption. And I've got this guy who's a uh, a gold, and every time I see the, these gold stocks, he's a, he's a gold bug. Uh, and I just think about him, you know, just like, I wonder what he's, I wonder what he, wonder what he's doing today. But the, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. I'd seen that come up, those coming up for a while. And if you look at the, uh, uh, ETF, the GLD, that spider right. gold trust. Yeah. That thing's, uh, that's a, it looks like a breakout stock. You know, it's run up quite a bit. So too late now to get aboard. You don't know. You know, nobody knows okay. the, uh, if I were to do it, I would put my trailing stop at, the low of the last month, no, okay. whatever, whatever that was. That was where I'd put a trailing stop on that. If you were decided that that's what you want to do. Gotcha. All righty. Thank you, Bill. Have hey, a great week. Thanks. You too. Yeah. And I got Matt, Matt, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good. Good. So I kind of just wanted to talk to you about alternatives. I've read a whole lot about kind of the mindset starting to change, you know, from the traditional 60-40 of stocks and bonds, mm-hmm. and, you know, adding alternatives sure. and hedging strategies. And so about a month ago, like when the VIX was really low, you know, I picked up some shares of VXX and made some money in the last few weeks. But I just kind of wanted to ask you about 
you know, what type of hedging strategies, and I know you want to be careful you don't hedge too much because then you miss out on gains and growth, but what types of hedging strategies do you recommend or think about? I think you should probably get with a professional that that focuses on that. So mm-hmm. we have a program with a company called First Trust. They're one of the largest ETF providers uh, in the country. And they will hedge. Uh, they'll actually do a hedge for you. They do a collar. You know? And a collar gives you some freedom. It, it, it kind of caps the amount that you can make, but it also caps the amount that you could lose. So right. I think if you're uh, if you're really, really worried that's probably a good idea. Uh, the cost to that is like if if you're capping your gains, you know, and market runs up thirty percent, and you're capped at fifteen, um, you're not going to make more than fifteen percent. You know, so sure. that's your, uh, and I think that's probably the best way I can think of uh, to do that because when you look at the cost of the carrying cost on options for retail investors, uh, mm-hmm. even institutional investors, man, it, it's it's expensive. They really charge a lot of money to hedge your portfolios, almost to the point that it's just not worth doing. That's one of the things I don't like about the equity index uh, annuities because they're paying those retail prices for hedging those portfolios. And, and it, you're going to be lucky to have made any money at all. And I think you'll probably end up making more money in a uh, a money market paying 1% <laughs> if you look, right. at, look out over in the future. Uh, in the past... Those costs were significantly lower. You could actually get away, with, and it was a good idea. I'm, I'm, I remember doing it back in the mid '90s, and then the insurance companies started doing it. And the more people you get doing something, the more expensive it tends to become. And uh, uh, just as a rule, and, and when it got too expensive for me, I just opted out. So you know, I'm, I'm just going to go with the uh, my hedge is going to be the short term cash that I'm holding in in my accounts. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be my hedge, and I'm going to buy quality, and I'm going to manage my risk. So whether it's an exchange-traded fund that I know very well, and the exchange-traded funds uh, that I know I'm going to add to, if the market does correct, I'm watching the market. When it corrects, you know, I'm hanging on that. I'm hanging in there. When it starts to give signs that it's bottoming out, and these are just my signs, and I'll talk about them at that seminar. I don't have time today, but the uh, I'll. I'll end up increasing the exposure. I'll rebalance my portfolio. What that does, it takes money out of the safer stuff and adds it to the stocks. And uh, that 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 can be a huge help. But I'm willing to put up with a, a fairly significant amount of uh, fluctuation. And uh, because I know that, you know, in the long run, my returns uh, are better because of that. Uh, in, right. the, in the short run, when you're holding, you know, you got 30% of your money in short-term bonds and the market goes up 30%, it makes you feel pretty happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. But, but you know, you got to take the long approach and uh, just look out in the future and just be good with it. But, hey, man, I hear the music. That means I got to go. Hey have, uh, hey, have a great weekend, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, thanks for calling. And you've been listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420 State. Uh, Don't stay tuned. Yes, stay tuned. Listen to the other shows. (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. 
That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.